On today's show, let's preview Donovan Mitchell. Ever heard of him? Pretty good basketball player. Let's talk about him on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. The music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astral Radio. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and they get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel. Jake Stevens, as always, is back doing production. All right. Donovan Mitchell season preview. The way we do these for full, full episode player previews is segment one. We're going to each ask a big Donovan Mitchell question and talk about it. Segment two, I'm going to present some stats, and we're going to talk about them and and what they mean, what they say about where Mitchell's at and where he's going. And segment three, best case, worst case. Evan, what's your big Donovan Mitchell question? So my question is somewhat similar to yours. Um, Oh, you peaked? I don't peak. I peak. I don't peak. So I'm a kid on Christmas who peaks, but it's... I will say if Mitchell doesn't end up being the player, the Cavs need him to be when the moments are tightest, i.e. the playoffs. And I think Jared Allen and the rebounding issues were like the biggest thing people ran with and kind of dogged people for, but like Mitchell wasn't great in the playoffs against the Knicks. Um, And if he doesn't step up, um, in those moments that the Cavs kind of need him to, like he does during the regular season. Is he okay with finally admitting like, Hey, I'm not the number one option on this team. Maybe it's Darius Garland or Evan Mobley or both of them. And that's kind of what I'm looking for this season. Like what kind of Mitchell do we get? Like, does he step up? Is he like the most optimal optimized player? Does he play like he did last year? But like we, he was phenomenal last season. Like, don't get me wrong. That was the regular season, but like, is he able to kind of replicate that success and then give the Cavs more when the games matter most? Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it because I think the playoff stuff does leave a sour taste in everyone's mouth about how last season ended. I think he, it makes him look a certain way. And that, that goes to my pretty direct question, which is how does he follow up last year, which was already something of a prove it, you almost forgot about me kind of regular season. He came out last year after the trade, after the disappointing loss with to Dallas, with Utah, and showed out. He played, I think, the best season of his career, was an All-NBA guy, deservedly so. And then he was bad in the playoffs again, and the Cavs got bounced in the first round by a Jalen Brunson-led team. So how does he follow that up with the contract stuff surrounding him, with him being kind of hitting his prime, him talking a lot about how he it's important for him to win, to compete, all that stuff. How does he follow up another disappointing end? Where does that take him? Where does it take him in the end? Where does it take him in the regular season? Is there another all-NBA motivated, just engine running all the time Mitchell season in front of us, and where does that get you? I... I this is Evan of all the things that we have done as far as season previews. 
Garland, the best case, worst case on a bunch of role guys. He is number one to me as far as on a human level. I want to feel like I want I want to figure out what's going on here because I think the other ones, it's okay. There's a very clear basketball bent to these questions, and I think that's where it should go. With Mitchell, it's a little bit to me, okay, what is the man we're going to watch play basketball a bunch of times this year? Where's he at? And what does last year lead him to for this year? So let me point or float this question to you. Um, do you think it, cause I agree with you, like on a human level, like what is the man within the machine kind of thing here? But more than that, do you think it's more of a product of him being one of the newer faces, especially the newest face in terms of star talent? Whereas we have built in familiarity with like, Garland and Mobley especially, but Allen does have a bit of a runway and also is kind of part of this quote-unquote resurgence from the Cavaliers, even though he's entering only his fourth year with the team. But um, that's just an interesting aspect because I think that's a bit of it for me. Is like I, I'm still getting to know Donovan one as like a person just based on just interactions I have with him and also just like watching him on a night-to-night basis. I make it very clear to people like I did not stay up late to watch a lot of Utah Jazz basketball when he was with the Jazz and I would watch him in the playoffs and we all saw what happened against Dallas of course when he was with Utah or just what he did in the bubble or just like whenever they're on national TV and I'm like yeah you know what I'll stay up and watch the Jazz because they're usually the late night game whenever they're on so, so what's I, the question I'm just asking you like do you think the basketball stuff as you said like the basketball nuances and takes and like the basketball bend is the word you used is more so catered to those guys just because we don't know or are as familiar with what mitchell is and maybe there's that cloud of doubt surrounding what his future could be with this team i mean i think as a basketball player we know exactly what he is is i think part of it for me like i mitchell Mitchell certainly could like add things and I think there's there's things that you could see where it's like okay maybe there's improvements are in places but I think the way he plays I think what he is I don't think that's going to drastically change at this point um I think you're at the point where it's about refinement and maybe you add certain things but it's not likely that you're going to get a wholesale change in like his passing ability or something right like I don't think that's what's going to come here what I think it is is that this is someone who you the Cavs traded a ton for who has had these big playoff moments before in the bubble who's had these monster games and and who from like a the way he talks standpoint among the Cavs best players and I'm going to say that's Mobley and that's Garland and that's him those that's that's the three most important players on this on this team he's the one who talks the most at length he's the one who talks the most he's the one who even though it is, it always, you're never going to, we're never going to get to know these guys fully. It's just, that's not how this works anymore. Like those yeah, relationships that's, that's, just don't work in the same way. It's just not how covering professional sports works anymore. Like you can have somewhat of a personal relationship with some of these guys, but like, it's not like they're your best friend at the end of the day either. No, but, but even like the personal relationship stuff, it's, I think, different than it's ever been. There's less reason for these guys to, to have them. And I understand it. But Mitchell is someone who is at, as mo- much as any athlete is going to talk. And oftentimes, he, I think he says things that sound really good when you hear them. But then you look back and like you're like, did he ha- what did he actually say? Because he's just used to answering a bunch of questions. That's fine. You kind of understand what Mitchell is and where he's at. And he's this big star who kind of embraces being the face of a franchise in a way that like Evan Mobley, I don't think 
cares that much. I don't think that Darius Garland seemingly cares that much. At the very least, they don't like talking about it, and Donovan Mitchell is willing to play that game, and I think that adds to all of this. Yeah, and I think part of that is um, Mitchell has more or less been the face of the franchise since he was a rookie with Utah, and it's just you know something he's kind of been molded into and something he's very comfortable with. Whereas with like Garland, like the Cavs are rebuilding, they're kind of finding themselves and there's uncertainties with Darius. And then you get like Jared Allen in the picture and then Evan Mobley comes along too. And like, you're building like a team that is incredibly young, but maybe like a face hasn't emerged. And like you said, like Mitchell is more the outspoken uh, stars in terms of just like what he is involved with, like whether it's on the court and it's like what's happening during a play. Like he's very happy to break down a play with you if you're able to talk hoops with him, but also just very outspoken off the court too. Like we know what he stands for publicly and I endorse it and just support it hundred percent what he believes in. But it's just, I, I that's kind of like my point. Like if Mitchell doesn't deliver like the Cavs need him to, is he able to maybe take that bite of humble pie and swallow humility and maybe admit like, okay, this is a situation where I am one of the quote unquote faces of the franchise, but I am not the best player on my team anymore. And I think that is a bit of a sobering thing just because that is something he's been his entire career. And is that this year though? I don't think that's this, this year. It could be this year, but just because, the Cavs are going to be judged on what happens in the regular season. Sure. But like if they flame out again in the playoffs, like they did last year and Mitchell like doesn't deliver like, yeah, um, that that could be this year. Like if it's clear, like, Hey, the Cavs are going more to Darius Garland and Evan Mobley come postseason time. Like the, there's something that we maybe need to have like a talk about this time or like during the summer at some point, just like is Mitchell, the dude for this team. But you want to believe he can be just because he has such an incredible body of work because I agree with you. He had his best season in his NBA career, which has already been a superbly awesome NBA career uh, with the Cavaliers in his first year with the Cavaliers. And like that says a lot about how talented Mitchell is as a player. And uh, I'm just curious to see, like, can he give you more or is what you see in the regular season what you're going to get and do the Cavs like not want to burn out that battery as much so that he does have juice in the tank come playoff time. So he doesn't flame out again. I don't know. Like I, the conversation could come up this season. Like what if he does flame out again? Like, I think that is something that's just going to be on the back of my mind until fast forward to like April or so. And we can see that the Cavs are able to handle the rigors of the first round and Donovan Mitchell maybe doesn't kind of vanish. Like he's d- done in the last two years in the postseason. Like, yeah, I think that's, you can kind of maybe start putting that narrative to bed, but until then, it's going to be out in the ether. I think until someone like takes the crown from him, I'm just going to default that he's the best guy on the team. All right, coming up next, though, some Mitchell stats. Let's get into them. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, which is the official sportsbook of Lockdown. And right now, they have a great deal that's going to make it really hard I think to not try out FanDuel right now, if you deposit $5 and use our promo code, and again, use our code locked on, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, with a $5 bet. The app is really easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season and 
the NBA season as that kicks off. They have NBA futures. That's where I have looked at win totals. That's where we've looked at awards odds. That's our go-to resource for betting odds information. That's FanDuel. And again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Remember, that's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and official sportsbook of Locked On. All right, let's look at some Mitchell stats. Number one, 20.6%. That's the assist percentage for Mitchell. That is a 6% drop from his last two Utah seasons. And Evan, I, I think looking at the number, going back and watching some film, thinking back to how last season's team worked, I think there's a story to tell there about how Garland sets him up so much to absolutely cook as a scorer. And that this is just, hey, we understand what Mitchell's good at. We know what Darius is good at. Darius is willing to do some of this. Let's not force Donovan to do things that he doesn't necessarily want to do. So that um, that that percentage surprises me just because, again, like I think Point Donovan can be a thing where the Cavs can empower him as like a guy that can be the primary or secondary creator next to Karis LeVert and bench units. But to your point, like, and Donovan has said as much too, like, I don't think this is a discredit to guys like Mike Conley, who before Darius Garland was the best point guard Donovan Mitchell ever played with, even if Mike Conley wasn't quite the Memphis player or the player he was in Memphis um, when he arrived in Utah, even though, again, fun trivia question, like his only all-star season was with the Jazz and never the Grizzlies. Like that's still fascinating to me as an aside. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Darius Garland is kind of an otherworldly playmaker and like unspoken leader in terms of how he plays on the court because he is so focused on getting his teammates involved and um he does have a bit of that edge where like you don't know what he's going to do with or without the ball in his hand sometimes is he going to pass is he going to score or is he going to do something off the ball too to kind of set somebody else up with another action or something like that but mitchell compliments garland well in that aspect because he is just a, a hypercharged energizer bunny on offense and just gives you so much juice that Garland is one, not having to carry the entire offensive load scoring wise, but two, Garland probably at least based on just like what I watch and sometimes what he says, like he prefers to get his teammates involved and having a lightning and Mitchell to Garland's thunder is beneficial. But the number did surprise me a little bit when he shared it just because Mitchell was pretty effective at times, like running point for the Cavs when they needed him. Yeah. In a very like direct way where he got to, he's like good at, feeding the obvious man and that's that recognizing that at times for him is is a positive all right 68 percent at the rim is my next stat two years in a row where he has been great finishing at the rim and then last year he upped the percentage of shots he took there that's a really interesting development because i think it it gives defenses more to think about i think this year that number he could be like a really really high number at the rim again this year because i think there's going to be more space he is a really dynamic finisher there, and he's just so strong. If there's something that I think, despite watching as much a decent number of Jazz games and seeing them in the playoffs, that I think really popped with Mitchell for me, Evan, last year and seeing him in person watching every game, was that he is so physically strong and is so able to hold up on drives. And it wouldn't shock me with more space this year and maybe more movement if you just have another monster year of Mitchell at the rim and maybe he even shoots more there this year just because 
the opportunities are going to be there for him to absolutely feast and attack on that kind of stuff. And he, and he's the one, he's the one really consistent downhill guy the Cavs have. So maybe that's just part of the plan here as it evolves. Yeah, and I think the rim stuff, to your point, is credit to just how strong physical or sorry Mitchell is in terms of just handling physicality. Like I think that's other than maybe just the scoring punch Mitchell provides you is like another key difference between Mitchell and Garland, even though they're the same height, like Mitchell is built a lot more than Garland is because like, that's just how he's wired and how his frame is filled out over time. And that'll be an interesting wrinkle. Like you said, just because it does give the Cavs a little bit more added luxury, especially because now the Cavs are saying like, Hey, we want to play faster. We want to get out on the fast break. Um, JB Bickerstaff said, Prior to the game against Maccabi, like their approach is three real seconds to get across the timeline to in order to either run an offensive set or get a fast break bucket. So if you have a guy like Mitchell, where like you don't need him like sprinting full head of steam to the basket every single play, but like a guy who is able to get provide a lot of rim pressure, like one. Defenses are gonna have to plan for that, like in a fast break scenario. And if you're running like a traditional two-on-one situation where Mitchell's charging to the basket, if you have a guy trailing to the right of him and let's say he's going to the left attacking the basket. Mitchell, like we just talked about, does have the vision to make the easy dump off for you to get a bucket or at least has the strength to draw contact and get to the free throw line and likely make those free throws too. So Mitchell kind of having that strength in his back pocket and just kind of being a clear attribute to his offensive repertoire could be pretty beneficial to how the Cavs want to play offensively this year. Mitchell's also one of the people that loves to play slow. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing. It's just like people point out to like the fact that the Cavs play two seven footers and like to play quote unquote bigger basketball. But like Mitchell is a reason why the Cavs play slower sometimes too. But like, he also is a very good half court player. So I understand why maybe he likes to do that. Yeah. The thing is just that like, um, even the best players, it gets harder for you to do anything substantial when you slow down the game and play against that defenses. And like, Donovan's great and he's just making his life harder. So is Darius when they do it, but you obviously are going to play in the half court. Sometimes you got to score in the playoffs, but it's just, you know, you got to be a little better sometimes. All right. Last number 71. Hey, Evan, you remember when Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points in a game? Actually, it's funny. You mentioned that. I, I know I'm no longer with the sword, but I did reread the moment. Like I had to write a, re- a gamer for that game, just about like the mm-hmm. recap of it and how like, I, I noted at the top, like, hey, Lamar Stevens, like, was it effective at the small forward once again? Or, like, the Cavs uh, weren't getting a ton from their offense other than Donovan Mitchell, and the Bulls were uh, just kind of giving it to him every single way. But, like, that game was, like, an out-of-body, otherworldly experience. And I remember when we recorded afterwards, like, we needed still, like, a solid five, ten minutes, even though we were almost an hour or two removed from just like that kind of out of body experience and like once in a lifetime experience clearly like there's not many players who have scored 70 plus points in an nba game um and just be able to experience that in person is is neat and i'm not saying like hey that's going to become the new norm i know dame did it soon after for the blazers but it was cool to experience that moment for sure i mean just the fact that he did it speaks to it in terms of him and and not like us watching it like the gas tank for him in that game, because Darius Garland's out. I mean, the free throw like that he got like, but should have counted. But 
they counted it. Like that guy just has a motor. That guy just has an engine. That guy has a will that is just that makes that stuff possible. Like a lot of guys, I think, like have skill in some ways to pull some of that stuff off. He yeah, also I mean, matches it with though. he just, but he matches it with the engine. He matches it with the the feel. He matches it with the drive to do it. And like that to me was uh, amid all of the other stuff he did. That to me was almost the most impressive part of that game because the gas tank just like kept going and going and going until he yeah. pulled it off. That was cool. I agree, and I just like again, I've I think that's when I started to was like, okay, this dude's engine and motor like just doesn't cool. Like he was red hot going into that game, but then just everything crystallized in a certain way to just kind of let him have like an otherworldly experience. And like you're like, okay, this this guy is legit like i sure there's i'm sure there's a lot of haters and doubters um, myself included just based on how the dallas series went and also just not fully having an understanding of his game like it's the shack meme meme i'm uh, saying like I, I didn't completely understand your game i apologize and so it's just he was awesome in that game and like there's no other way to put it like that 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 was like the the moment on top of so many moments you're like oh, okay donovan mitchell is just hardwired to win and he will do anything it takes on offense in order to make it happen all right, coming up next, best case, worst case, Donovan Mitchell's 2023-24 season. I think you will not be surprised when we mention the playoffs in that segment. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get Ongoing care from their physicians or on any treatment-related questions, too. This is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You don't want to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. They have had users instantly note that, hey, I had a sinus infection. I couldn't get an appointment. Jace Case bailed them out at the moment they absolutely needed them to. So right now, you can save some money on your Jace Case. Check them out. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics by using our code LOCKEDON. That's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout at jacemedical.com. Again, $20 off these life-saving medications from Jace Medical using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. All right, last segment. Uh, best case, worst case. Evan, what's your best case for Donovan Mitchell? Uh, best case is he does silence a little bit of that narrative going with him into the playoffs. I think, again, the more we separate ourselves from the postseason and maybe the more the Cavs succeed in the regular season, it's easier to kind of look at that Knicks series in the rearview mirror, but it's going to rear its ugly head, especially if they somehow play New- end up playing New York in the first round of the playoffs again. And I'm sure the basketball gods have a way to make it happen. but if Mitchell is able to step up and be the guy the Cavs need him to be, like that's that's you know, like that is what you need him to do. That's what you brought him in for just because this is a young and inexperienced team. And more importantly, because this is semi similar to what you said in terms of just like best case scenario for Mitchell, um, he re ups with in the summer just to kind of get that speculation and just kind of the outside noise and narratives about what he's going to do next with his career. 
Uh, like that, that is the best case scenario for the Cavs. If he signs an extension of some kind, it doesn't have to be like the full max or whatever he could get with the Cavs. But if he does sign an extension of some kind, just to kind of get it out of the way, or at least kick the can down the road for a little bit longer. And so this team can continue to grow up with Mitchell, uh, in his prime at this point, like that, that's the best case scenario for the Cavs. And especially just when it comes to what Mitchell can or cannot do this season. Do you mean the the maximum possible money or the maximum possible years? Both. I think he, I think if he's signing anything, he's not taking a dollar less than the max money he can get. I, the years it might not be five, but there's a zero percent chance he's signing a contract that doesn't give him the most money possible. I would be shocked. I'm saying it's probably going to be the maximum. Okay, let me say it like this: maximum money possible. Yes, I agree, but the number of years could come into question. Like he could not be married to the idea of being with the Cavs for like four or five years or something like that. It could be like a two, three-year deal with like a player option in the third year kind of thing where like he can exit stage right if this just isn't working for him at that point. But again, he was fully transparent in media day. He will not entertain an extension with Cleveland until this summer at the earliest. And he wants to do best for him in his future. And ideally, like that's the best case scenario is, is he signs an extension and that, that at least for the Cavs, like you invest all these pieces and players and, coming to trade for him that you're cool with uh well whatever he's willing to agree with this summer all right gonna just i'm uh i have nothing in mind as it goes to the contract because i just i don't really want to talk about the contract anymore i think the best case is he's closer at the same level he was at in the regular season maybe with some adjustments in his shot profile just as the offense changes and we'll see what that looks like and then he kills in the playoffs and this team makes it to the conference finals that to me is the best case. If he can get back to having monster Donovan Mitchell playoff performances and maintains the level he had at the in the regular season last year and is all NBA caliber, you're cooking. And the worst case is the exact opposite of that. Has a really good regular season and you have another playoff dud. Because I think if he has another playoff dud uh three in a row, I think that'll I think that will raise some questions. I they might I mean this is this that that's on the table for sure. I think if they go out in that way, I think that could be the kind of thing that, that raises some more questions about, about what Mitchell is and, and this whole project going on here. Yeah. And you and I are on the same page on this one too, that he has a, another outstanding regular season. He adapts to Cleveland's offensive system in some ways, but maybe there are some wrinkles and just ways in the Cavs saw the iron things out with Mitchell, maybe adapt things to him to make him more comfortable. But that's regard irregard it's does it doesn't matter the situation if the Cavs go out in the playoffs and Mitchell just doesn't show up like he did in last year and sure I I talk a lot about how like he was able to be a playmaker in game two but you still needed that scoring punch from him like if he doesn't provide that to you that that can of worms just becomes a lot worse uh than what it was last season or maybe his last season at the Jazz as well and you are now kind of just wondering like okay we gave up a lot for this dude. I'm not saying the Cavs are going to have like buyer's remorse or anything like that. Cause I don't think that I think that's entirely foolhardy in like terms of just what the Cavs gave up to trade for Mitchell. But now they're like, okay, now what? Because if the Cavs have another meltdown come playoff wise, like wholesale change will probably come at the top. And that may not want, that may not force Mitchell to feel more open to marrying his long-term future with the team. But there's just so much uncertainty. If like, let's say, JB Bickerstaff goes, or even like Kobe Altman gets the axe too, because like flame out again. Like 
there's a lot of pressure heading into this season. I think that's what intrigues me the most with Mitchell is like, what are we going to get? And what are the Cavs going to kind of give us to maybe bring Mitchell closer to signing some type of an extension with the team? And I know you said you weren't, you don't have anything to say about it, but I just keep circling back to it. Like there, there is a bit of like a feeling out process between both sides this season. Yeah, I think that's all there. It's just, I think as we're talking about this season and I, I try to do whatever it is that we do here. I just, it's not anything that we're going to have any grounding in reality on for a long time. And it's, I think assuming we understand everything that's going to happen in the league, not just here for the next year and kind of using that to project what's going to happen with Mitchell. I think it's just, I can't do it. I, I just, my brain and my, how I'm wired, I just can't, I can't get to that place and kind of rolling around that in that way. It's just, yeah, like, yes, is, is a playoff, is the playoffs going to have an impact on what Mitchell wants? Sure. Is it easy to me to project exactly how that's going to correlate one-to-one? I don't think anyone, even Mitchell himself, could, could tell you. No, and I agree with you. Like, I don't think he could tell you either. Like, and nor do I think anyone really knows what Mitchell, I mean, obviously he probably can't tell you what he wants, but like, even like somebody who like maybe has a finger on the pulse of the situation probably doesn't even know what Cavs fully expect Mitchell to want at this point either. Yeah. All right. Be back with you after the weekend, getting closer to Cavs. We're going to talk more player previews come Monday. Thanks again to Jake Steven. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you soon.